On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the impact of evaluating and considering new control platforms and how that affects programmers, what to consider, what you need to know, and also some ways to make it easier. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. A State of Control. State of Control, Episode 107. Programmers have the power. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So continuing with our trending topics of 2023 in the post-pandemic era, if you will. Um, we recently talked about uh, interoperability and ecosystems in episode 106, and we also talked about how to evaluate new products back in episode 98. So today we're going to talk about how to look at new control platforms and specifically what's the impact on control programmers, because that that's re- really what our focus is here on a state of control. So Without further ado, we have a couple of returning guests that I'll introduce, but before I do, I'd like to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control, who I got to meet in person just recently at Infocom, and we shared some really great stories. Rich, how are you? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, and I actually got a chance to congratulate the proud papa in person, so it was Thank a good so time all around. It was great seeing you, and yes, uh, uh, we it, it, it was not suitable for broadcast some of my Uncle Richie's stories while we were sitting around, but it was it was good sitting fireside with you, Steve. So uh, please, if you get a chance uh, to see Rich in person, ask him about some of his stories because you'll enjoy them. Um, and w- uh, moving on, I uh, want to welcome back two returning guests. One was last with us on our famed episode 100, and he's a frequent guest here, and we're glad to have him back. And he's Dave Hatz from Room Ready. Welcome back, Dave. Hey, oh, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Steve. Thanks for being here. And last but not least, uh, it's a little late in his day, so we have to give him a little break. Comes to us from the UK. Uh, he's a returning guest that was recently on uh, a couple episodes ago. He's Neil Silver from LCD Control Systems. Welcome back, Neil. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, good to see you all again. Looking forward to the discussion today. Absolutely. So one of the things that you know, I mentioned Infocom and we're in 2023, we, we, there's a lot of talk about evaluating new products and kind of being responsible about having things that can be substitutable or um, a replacement for a product that is unavailable for various reasons. And and that's really become a growing trend in the industry. And um, one of those things uh, is control platforms and, and looking at a a product can be a little bit more self-contained than looking at a control platform that from our perspective is really the brains of a system. So Rich, um, you know, knowing that and and knowing that there's a big difference there and, and that programmers probably don't really like change very much. Um, what's a good way of 
looking at a new platform and, and approaching it in a responsible manner? Well, I think that, you know, it's like it's uh, you, you got to whether you like the medicine or not, you still have to take it. You still have to take the spoonful of medicine and it's going to make you feel better. And that's kind of the way that I, I viewed, um, you know, branching out. I think that from a control system standpoint, it's easy to get spoiled and stuck in your ways when the work is consistently there. Um, it's like, you know, uh, I, I saw it with integrators for years, right? When times were high, you'd hear, oh, well, we won't take a job for less than XXX. And it's great uh, to think that you can operate that way, that it's always going to be, you know, the, the days of wine and honey. Um, but from a business standpoint and from even just a, a craft standpoint of what you're doing, you've got to constantly be pushing yourself out, you know, into, into new things. And it's, it's easy to get complacent. I, you know, after a couple of decades in it, I've had my bouts of it. And the great thing about those instances of stress is it makes you better. And if you talk to anybody who's been part of the control system programming, you know that what made them better at what they did, it was when they were under the stressful situations, when there was a deadline, when there was something that was going on that was unexpected, but they still needed to, to, to deliver, you know, it was the whole iron sharpens iron, you know, steel sharpens steel. And, and I think that, you know, branching out, that's really what it comes down to is that it, it's good for it to happen, whether you like it or not, it's going to be good for you to happen. I know personally, I've learned a lot just in the past year and a half on things that I knew something about, but I had a much better understanding of, you know, digital signal processing, right? You know, it forced me to go back to some of my roots, some of my audio roots, and really kind of get back into the process of audio. And it made me ultimately a better programmer because I branched out into tools that were I kept saying, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And finally, when it was time to get to it, it was great because it helped a lot of things come together. Um, and I think that this is no choice going forward. I think that it, before, as an integrator, as a programming house, you could kind of be a shot caller, right? Uh, you know, you, know you, you could be a baller and a shot caller with this one, right? No, we're only going with X. We're only going with Y. You know, we're not going to do... the that's not going to happen anymore. A lot of things are being driven by still by the, by what's available and you still have to get these things delivered. You know, you're right in the middle of summer, you know, universities, high schools, you know, community colleges. And, you know, we got a, what a 60 day countdown right now. Um, there's lots of educational projects that got to get done in the next 60 days. So deciding that you're going to work with X isn't going to happen because you don't have it. You've got to go with Y. Um, so the ability to be, and I, I think Neil said it before is, is being agile, you know, and, and having the ability to be agile, um, is going to make you better going forward. And if you're not willing to be agile going forward, uh, it's going to be a little rough. Dave, I'll, I'll, uh, let you weigh in from an integrator's perspective. It's, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a few different things to consider programming is one of them, but there's, you know, their costs, their availability, there's what the client's looking for. Um, when, when presenting a new solution and when, when I guess um, trying to, to get, make that change and be agile, as Rich said, um, how, how do you break that down to, you know, and what are some of the things that you look for? 
Well, I, I think that's a good point. And I think one of the, the pieces that always gets or often gets overlooked is it's not just as simple as features on the box and a smart person who can figure it out. Because probably anyone who's listening to this podcast, I am confident, could take a box with an API, a box or a platform that has a programming language to it, whether they know it or not, and given time, they could figure it out. As an integrator, though, we need to be looking at what does it take beyond just a smart person and a technical capability to get there to make it effective for the business? And so you mentioned that one of the driving factors why we're having this discussion is because from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense to have all your eggs in one basket. You, it, it, the days of being able to rely on one platform without any backup, well, you'd be foolish. You could do it, but you'd be foolish. And so, you know, one of the things, you know, as I, as I think back in my career, there were a lot of times where I was presented with a new option. And I would look at it from the standpoint and say, well, you're saving $200 on hardware to go with Y instead of X, but I know how to program X. And so I could get you done in half the labor cost. So I'm actually saving you $1,000 by going with what I know and come comfortable with than this other idea. And, and I think what we have to all be open to is it might not just be this job that we're making that decision based on. It's investing in having a solid backup plan. As developers, we need to build the muscle memory. We need to build the, the ability to, when we're troubleshooting something, well, how much do we hit the, our head against the wall? And how much do we have the library of experience to pull back from and say, okay, I remember doing this. Here's how I start to approach it versus I'm going to split it in the middle. Is it A or B? Okay, I'm going to split it in the middle again, and I'm going to start to narrow down. You know, from, from an integrator standpoint, though, I think it goes beyond just the software developer. We have to think of, does our operation team, our field team, do they know how to work with it? Do they know how to load the configurations in it or the programming in it? Do they know how to test it? Again, when something doesn't work, do they know how to troubleshoot it? Does our day two support team, can they field questions on it and be self-sufficient? Or does every question need to come right back to the one programmer who was the smart person and drew the short straw and had to figure it out? have lived all of those variables, but, but I think, you know, if we're being smart about it, you know, from, from the integrator's perspective, we really need to invest in all of those areas so that it really is a, a business uh, focused backup plan and not just a whim of, you know, we thought it was a good idea. Lots of great points there, and I think a, a lot to follow up on. Uh, Neil, uh, I'll let you look at it from another angle too, because I think it's important. You know, Dave, Dave talked about you know making a decision and being able to have the you know, with no pun intended control over what you're picking versus as a independent programmer or somebody who is fielding opportunities, you don't always get that choice. So. For for you and and for for the people that you work with, um, it's it's about looking at how much investment do I put into learning something and how much value am I going to get from it? Kind of a little bit what Dave mentioned. Um, talk about that from your perspective. Yeah, I, I think 
I think what Dave said is is absolutely right, and we get these questions all the time about making a change to a control platform or to a portion of it. And generally, as Dave says, all the, a lot of people on this call and all the people on this call and all the people listening will have somebody in the business who can answer that question with a yes, we can. And then, okay, how long will it take? Okay, well, that's a little bit more of a gray area, but yeah, we can we can do it. We can make these things work. But when a when an integrator comes to us and asks that advice and we, we say, yeah, that can be done, it's straight to Dave's point of, well, what about the supporting systems? When we've done that thing and passed it on down to the guys to deploy it and to test the rooms and to support the rooms, um, that's that's not just um, the, kind of, the kind of control system programmers having to kind of tool up and, and, and get the systems into place. That's a lot of individuals in a business. Uh, and it's it's a big investment um, to do, um, but it will pay off um, because I think all of the learning, whenever you're learning any sort of new um, equipment, uh, slightly different style of documentation, maybe slightly different architecture. It's it's a fantastic open kind of mindset learning thing that, that actually makes you a better engineer, a better problem solver across any solution that you're going back to, whether it's one you've seen before, whether it's a new one. And there will be new ones. There will continue to be new ones all the time. You know, you guys have been doing it longer than me, but I've been doing it long enough and I, I'm not there's never not going to be a new one come up at the next show and the next show somebody else will be doing some some bit of control um i think that i think the only the other thing we've mentioned a lot of the cause of talking about this is around um supply chain and not being able to get hold of kit i think the other thing that has happened is that because there are more uh platforms out there for control systems certain that there are correct architectural choices where a certain control system plays well with some hardware that either that same manufacturer makes or in a vertical you know rich mentioned kind of dsp stuff so if you've got a control system that's come from a dsp background it tends to do quite a lot of those dsp functionality so there are some quite really sensible architectural decisions where you where you've got a hybrid control platform where you've got this bit doing some of the audio controls you've got this bit doing the general room controls so that we see we see that coming coming much more often and and then you're not just having to think about the integration to third-party devices you're actually thinking about okay where do these hybrid control systems communicate with each other as well rich i'll, I'll bring it back over to you um knowing that we need to get up to speed on these things and all the things that we discuss seems like it's a daunting task now there's there's of course um training available and then there's also the experimentation and and you know hands-on th that you're going to learn as you do it um but but what would you recommend to somebody that is looking at trying to get themselves up to speed because in the beginning it's, it's going to be uncomfortable there's no doubt based on everything that we've discussed well there's two routes um one as an employer and as a company you have to have a stack of stuff behind me uh, like you see behind me. You have to be willing to work with product. And that's either we're, you know, partnering with your integrators and saying, hey, look, if we're going to be going forward with this, I, you know, I've, I was always the champ of, hey, if we're going to do this one way or another, you need to get me one and get it to me for a couple of weeks, whether we need to borrow it, whether we need to talk to the rep or whether we need to bite the bullet. And we know that we've got three projects coming up 
that we've got to do this. And we go, okay, great. One of them's going to sit here in the lab. Um, I think that if you are not actively dog fooding um, with devices, you are in a world of hurt. If you're waiting for it to be, um, when we get to the site, we'll figure it out. Um, it never works well for anybody. Um, you have to break down what the issues are before you even start um, getting past what was on the diagrams. I think if you are on your own and you're looking to expand, um, you know, the, the third party market, you know, you don't have to buy the most current thing out there. You can buy, well, you used to right now, even those are coming at a premium, but you could buy a generation or two back of a product that still shares a lot of the same lineage and DNA of the current processors, that's enough to get started on, right? To, to be able to get the, the 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 basics and the building blocks of something. I've done that in the past too, where it's just like, okay, well, I can't get X. Y is close enough. At the very least, if I can get this processor and Y to talk, I know then that this will happen down the line and we can do these other things. And, you know, maybe there's only a couple of small differences between these two boxes, but for what I need, this actually gets everything I want to done. You know, the, the simplest things, like just making sure the box talks back to you, right? Um, you know, finding out that like, oh, wait a second, you know, these things are different now. They require the serial number as the password and you can't just type in admin, admin anymore to make it work. Oh no, security is secure. Who thought about that? Um, you know, th those are the things that you have to be, you have to be willing to work with it. Um, you know, some companies are offering like virtual versions of their processors. I've dealt with that before. Um, but reach out. You would be surprised how um, accommodating um, other manufacturers are if you just reach out. It, there's just this feeling like, oh, no, we've got to do, you know, you've got to build those partnerships and those relationships anyway. Yeah, you know, whether you're reaching out to tech support, whether you're reaching out to uh, product managers, you know, all of those things that are going on, those are still based on relationships. Infocom is a perfect example, right, to to get the opportunity to meet the people who are behind these creations, because they are. And if you've got an opportunity to get a little bit better knowledge, it makes you better once you're integrating it. You know, so the three things, right, have it available to you. If you don't have the most current one available to you, find an alternate resource available to you. And if those don't two happen, start making phone calls, you know, but deal with it before. Don't deal with it after. It's just, we've all done it. We, we've all done it. Um, and it's easy to say, oh, no, you know, I follow these best practices. Like, just save yourself the headache. You know, there's a certain point where, like, some, some things are worth the aggravation. This isn't one of them. Just get it early and find a way. And if you can't get the exact same thing, get something close. But then it's great because when you do, like, a training program for this other company and you have their unit there or something comparable, it makes all the difference in the world in the training. It accelerates the training process so much because if you're just sitting there watching, you know, a video or something, and I've done the, you know, fast forward 80% of the way so that it gives me the checkbox to get to the next part. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it allows you to, uh, you know, future self will thank you if you do those things. Dave, I'm going to try to look at this from another perspective. Um, Obviously, the, the client is part of this equation. How important is it to be transparent about trying something? Sometimes it'll come as you know, driven by them, but other times it may be something that uh, they, they are going to be, have, have to be a partner with you in this, in, in this situation. So in an ideal world, I think it's typically pretty important. 
the reason I say ideal world is each organization, and I'm speaking again from the integrator's perspective much more, each organization has a different comfort level with having discussions like that throughout the organization. Um, and often, you know, the ideal time to have these discussions is during the sales cycle. It's not after the project is sold, things have come across, we've decided, oh, supply chain says we can't get this box. So, you know, quickest thing we can get is option X. If you go to the customer and, you know, it, it's like, you gotta be careful how you frame the discussion. But I think it's really important to have a discussion. Um, you know, as, as the programmer, I've, for, for my whole career, I've been asked, which do you like better? What's your favorite? And my answer is, is, is almost always, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is it the right hardware? Is it the right platform, the right software? And am I familiar with it? Those things in place, good programmer can get the same result typically, given the same variables there with any platform. So, you know, as is, is we're approaching talking to a customer about it, I think it is important to set expectations. And it's not that, to your point earlier, it's not just say yes. It's we have an alternative to you. Here's the roadblock we're against. We've all agreed the preferred path is this. For whatever reason, we think it would be very valuable to think about a change. Whether that's we can't get product on time, whether that's this vendor has better support or better features or something more applicable to the application, whatever, whatever it is, we feel for, you know, that it would be a better choice to go a new path. Now, I'm going to tell you, we are not, you know, I have gone that path before, but I'm not the most fluent. Don't say you don't know it. Be careful with your word choices. Don't say this is the first time I am doing this because that rocks confidence. But be careful how you explain it, but explain it that I am still learning how to do, how to, how to you know, really excel to the same level I would with the other. But I'm still confident that this is the right choice for you. I'm committed to go forward with it. Here's what I think it's going to take me. And again, as an organization, you need to be careful with how you say it and the words you choose and how blunt you are versus how soft you land it. But, but setting the expectation that this might not be a 10-minute ordeal. This might be a day ordeal or a week ordeal instead of what they may have been accustomed to in the past is really important because that's what sets you up for the chance at success. If you're trying to shoehorn in a brand new platform you've never touched and the expectation is the same timeline and the same level of effort of what you have done with what you've been honing for the last 5, 10, 20 years, that's a false expectation and you're setting yourself up for failure. And so how that message is delivered is variable. It varies by customer, by organization, but having that discussion is critical to having a chance at success. Again, set yourself up for success and you know, fight for for the chance to have that discussion. It doesn't have to be the person listening to this or you know, the programmer. It doesn't have to be the programmer having that discussion. As long as the key points, the punchline is translated effectively to the appropriate parties, that's what's really important. 
it's funny that you brought up um, which pro, which platform or which which you think is better because that can't can't count how many times I've been asked that question and I have a, give a similar answer and uh, but but I think that that the, I was really thinking about that when when you said it so it's pretty funny um, Neil I I I'm I would let, say that a programmer probably has a great deal of knowledge and experience to be able to bring to the table to help not necessarily determine which is better, but maybe which is going to be more successful or or maybe sway that conversation from the perspective of looking at how are we going to accomplish what is required. Um, are there some objective criteria to look at? You know, everybody, of course, has their opinions and you, you typically like what you're maybe more comfortable with. But are, can we look at this objectively in some way? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think I think Dave said earlier on that we can take any of those platforms and make it do it. And I disagree slightly there. It depends on the scope, doesn't it? There's, there are some of these some of the tasks that we're going to be asked to do that are going to exclude some of the solutions there so so th so there's the criteria already we've we, we might actually rule some certain things out based on a capability thing um one of the things we often uh go back with a caveat because i think as you say it's not about saying okay this one's better than this one or this one it's about saying well if we go down the route on this one you're gonna have to compromise on this area for example um there are some of the some of the uh, solutions that are out there even today that don't implement security in a corporate enterprise way that we would like to see everything and, and is, is really a requirement. Um, and, you know, in higher education, we see a lot of those products out there and the. Some of, sometimes those are the third-party products that are being talked to by the control system. When they come to being the control system, then that worry is higher for us because they're not just being communicated to, they're, they're more central to the, the equation at that point. So security would definitely be one of those criteria. Um, I think the, the, the other thing was flipping around in my head while you guys were talking about it. I think something we need to be careful of or, or programmers do need to be a little bit careful of is we have a little bit of snobbery about which are the better systems and we have to be careful partially because we might not know as much about some of these other systems if we don't have the experience of them so we should be open-minded to, to looking there's sometimes sometimes some things that maybe if we're used to dealing with the kind of primary the, the kind of crown jewels kind of control systems we sometimes a little bit dismiss smaller kind of DIY solutions or off the box thing. Uh, and, and sometimes we shouldn't because, you know, it's, it's, there are some great little solutions out there that we're maybe just not aware of. So we should definitely keep, keep an open mind to those things as well. You know, the other thing, Neil, to that, to that one, I would say too, is companies evolve. Yeah. You know, the snapshot you had of one of those options five years ago, is likely not the same snapshot. And I've been caught guilty of that one a number of times that my the vision in my head is when they were a startup, when they had first entered the control market, when they weren't mature. And you know, I think we all owe it to ourselves to stay abreast of what is out there, what are the options, even if we don't like them, even if we don't you know, want to choose them, 
I think the more we can understand what other options are there, at a minimum, we can learn from it. And to your point, then it, it, it helps keep us a little more open minded because I think that's a huge point. And I think the shows, I think the shows, the trade shows are really useful. I mean, I, I think um, I, I, something I listened to an article where somebody was talking about that kind of how to use a trade show as a programmer. That's definitely one of the ways is go and look at all of these solutions. Don't just spend your time. <laughs> speaking with friends speak to speak to everybody you know speak to speak to all these little solutions there might just be little ideas and little snippets on these other stands that, that are well worth and might give you an idea or might be something that develops in something you use and, and i would definitely say to your point i've definitely been caught out by the oh that that didn't work very well for us when we looked at it six years ago and 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 as you say wow people things evolve people change uh companies you know come up with new solutions who knew <laughs> you know so we should definitely keep abreast of those things as we wrap up um i, I wanted to really throw out an idea and, and and i do think that we probably are headed in this direction um and, and you know i could start with you on it is do do we see ourselves getting to more transferable programming if you will so where you can write it that and use in one platform maybe perhaps can be used in another platform in one shape or form so that it does make things a little bit easier for a programmer and the programmer can really focus on what they do best, not necessarily having to um, be uh, subjected, let's say, to the nuances of the platform. Yeah, I think we are getting there. I mean, we the, the one type of hybrid system we didn't talk about, which has literally come across my desk in the last couple of weeks, is one where we're not separating out on specialism of maybe a subsystem of audio control over here and room control is hybrid systems where the back end's being done by one manufacturer, but the front end's being done by another man. That, that's, that's starting to be a thing, certainly. Certainly. Um, I think as we've talked about on other, other uh, podcasts, the, the tooling that's available to make things truly interoperable and separate out the kind of business logic of the room from what's going on underneath in the back end i don't think we're quite there with with that yet um certainly um we are getting closer closer towards it and i know certainly that when we in, in our business when we write when we're writing modules and and to a degree when we're writing functional code um we are we're writing in we're trying always to write in a language which is non-platform specific so that that code can then be applied to multiple different types of platforms um, and it's fantastic when it works <laughs> it's fantastic when that comes together i don't mean i don't mean it doesn't work often what i mean is it's, right. it's fantastic when you see the fruits of that that is really a fantastic thing where you're able to go hey we've we've done this already we've got some code over here what what would it take to make that applicable to this platform over here? So yeah, it's it's fantastic when it works. Um, getting all the way to, as I say, not just sort of saying, okay, here's a little integration piece, but for example, what would it look like if the business logic that that ran the system was completely separated from either the front end or from the from the back end code? That would be very exciting. Because then, then, then a rebuild might not involve having to reintegrate with devices again, which 
you know, why 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 would you why would they want to do that to change the room functionality? Often a rebuild of code just now would involve all of those pieces getting getting looked at from the ground up again. So I think we're getting closer towards it, but uh, little steps towards it. Dave, kind of a similar similar question. What what as programmers or people who are really hands on with control, what can, what can we ask manufacturers to do to make their platforms more appealing so that this type of transition can be a lot easier. Oh man, make it, it consistency. I mean, and, and, and I, I say it a little tongue in cheek because that's going to probably be the biggest crux of getting to where Neil was talking about, um, you know, but, you know, I think the more that manufacturers adopt common APIs, you know, we're seeing more and more manufacturers open up their walled garden so that even if you're, you know, yes, they want to make it easy to use their their platform with their hardware, but they're opening up REST APIs to, you know, to their devices across the board. And I think that's really important because that's what let, gives you options to separate the business logic from the back end and the front end. Um, virtual control, I think, is pushing us naturally in that direction um, with all the platforms offering their, their, you know, their, where they're separating the software that operates the system from any physical hardware interface where you have to use some API natively theirs or open to interface with the hardware. I think it's helping accelerate this journey. And so, you know, I, the way I look at it is we're always going to have nuanced IO integration. We're never going to get to the point. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where it's a common API for referencing IO components on brand X versus brand Y versus brand Z, but I'd love to see it. I'd love us to get there, but I think that might be a little stretch at this point in time anyways, but the more we can see, you know, HTML5 being heavily adopted on the front end, that's getting us in the direction of that common, you know, it doesn't matter the hardware agnostic or the, the manufacturer agnostic side. And so the more that, that vendors embrace the idea of compiling whatever language you want, use the frameworks of the language, minimize proprietary and eliminate proprietary as much as you can, that would help us. Now, again, some of that is a little pie in the sky because every manufacturer has to find their own value proposition. They have to, have to substantiate why them and them as they're trying to make it more attractive to use their product, their software, their solution. That's why we get off that track of universal. But I, I, I will say I'm seeing much more openness to the concept, maybe not the details, but the concepts of manufacturers than we were when we were having these discussions two, three years ago, even. Um, so, you know, manufacturers help us. I think we all will gain from this. That would be my message. So uh, Dave says, you know, we, that we're not going to see the manufacturers coming down to this common standard. So I just, I, the, the people that can do that are the programmers, you know, what control concepts have just done with their program about getting manufacturers into, into there and, and when we build a, a module at LCD, if we build a module for this type of device, 
damn straight we make it with the same API. It looks the same. So then we can provide that to every programmer. And so that is one way where we can get there together as an industry is by creating these integration portions. That's very great point. And, you know, and, and, and I, I would say the industry that actually inspires me that this all is possible is the broadcast industry. 25 years ago, everyone was doing their own thing. And then over time, they, standards were adopted. Um, all the competitive manufacturers began sharing the same protocol. And often it was they picked one. They didn't just go write a new one. They just picked one. And so, you know, if I think back to a broadcast master control, integrating with a, a CG, a character generator, integrating with, with playback devices and that is all very standardized. And it didn't used to be. And that, but again, that was little steps at a time. And I do see us open to that. I think, Neil, the point you make is phenomenal, that we do have power to influence this. And it's it, 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 even just the number of times we ask for it, the number of times they get a request for something, that matters. And the other thing I would tie back to is what's the business, you know, as you're, if you go to a vendor and say, I really need you to do this, tie it back to how much more successful you would be selling or working with their product. I could, I could lead with your product and sell it into every space if it did this. I could find new opportunities to use your product if it did this. And that's how you get more traction with your requests too. So little tangent on that piece, but, but I think very related to this too. That, that was a really great point and a great place for us to land this one. But that, that's really, I mean, programmers have the power that, that we haven't been able to say that in a long time. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I do think I agree with what uh, Dave was saying is that we made a lot of progress in the last couple of years, even though we've had to go through some adversity. I think that there's a, a lot of good signs. So, um, let, let, let's uh, hope that that's the we'll continue on that positive direction. Um, with that said, we're going to wrap this one up and uh, thank you guys for being part of it. Um, Dave Hatz from Room Ready, how can people get in touch with you, uh, learn more about Room Ready, and uh, continue the conversation? Absolutely. Reach out anytime. Um, RoomReady.com um, is where to find all the things we're up to. Um, find Room Ready on the socials um, for me. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Um, but uh, just thanks for having me. Appreciate this discussion because this is this is something that uh, you know I, I really am passionate about. Is this idea of you know how do we stay open? Um, one of the phrases I, I challenge my team with. A mentor taught me a long time ago is we reserve the right to get smarter. And I think we all need to stay open. Um, for our own success, but our own, also our own just mental challenge. You know, most of us programmers, you know, we, we, we thrive off of challenges and being told we can't do something and figuring out how. And so, you know, the more we can be open to, um, you know, open to new ideas, trying new things, finding new ways to crack the nut, I think it's going to help fulfill us as well as solve the problem. So just appreciate you having me, Steve. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And uh, Neil Silver, another great episode with you. Uh, thanks for being part of it. Um, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about LCD Control? So LCD, you can find the business on our website at lightingcontrol.co.uk. Um, you'll find me on socials on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on the occasional on Facebook groups and things like that as well. Um, my, my little plug today in terms of another social or another grouping is Crestron Professionals on Discord. Um, it's it's 
it's a fantastic forum uh, that, and I know there are so many forums, <laughs> so many places where people discuss and chat. Um, it obviously has a Crestron focus to it, but um, there's a great number of people on there, uh, and it's a really great resource. So if you want to get involved with that Discord uh, forum, uh, you can reach out to me, DM me on LinkedIn, and uh, and uh, or drop me an email via the website, and I will help you get onto there. Please be sure to check that out, man, and all the things that, that Neil and his group are doing because they're doing some great things. And uh, last but not least, Rich, um, final words from you. I, we, we had a lot of great this dialogue, and I wanted to to not leave you out on putting a bow on this one. And and then also, no, I, I love like I said, I love sitting here watching, you know, listening to these guys. It's like I, I, I love being a fan of the show, you know, in, in moments like this. Um, no, it was, you know, it it it's it's uh there's a lot of experience and and honestly you know between neil's company your company dave's company a lot of success proven success and track record um and you know you'd be silly not to want to follow that advice uh, so i will jump in and say if you do want to follow uncle richie and any of uncle richie fireside chats um you can find us our websites fergosadesign.com you can find me on the socials at our fergosa um but you know type my name name in the interwebs uh, various things will always pop up but uh lately it's uh you know about uh summering with the kids but uh back to work as they say um but first and foremost as i say i always hope you can find me here on avnation.tv and our swedish shows i had the opportunity to be a guest on uh resi week with mitchell tulin as our host it was an awesome episode and if you have not seen it please uh go to avnation.tv and pull it up because it was remarkable um and then obviously here with my partner steve uh you know and as always please support our underwriters and sponsors it allows us to be here and uh, hopefully make it to all of our tens of fans. So, And you know what? If you get to see us too, we have some new stickers and th things are happening here at A State of Control. So please uh, make sure you, you say hi if you see us in person. And um, I was if you didn't give a plug to that Resi Week, I was going to. So that's episode 385, Uncle Richie and Cousin Joe. You got to check that one out with uh, with with Mitchell Tulin as the host. So for me you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. But as Rich said, we we really want to grow our fan base. We want to connect with uh those of us the, those of you in our listening audience, so please reach out to us and let us know what you think. Uh if you're interested in being a guest or you have a show idea, please um also let us know that as well. Um, leave us a rating review, share your favorite episode, and let's uh, keep the positive momentum going. And that's what we're, we're all about here. And uh, this is another great conversation and look forward to more of them. With that, this has been A State of Control.